the following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8.05 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Happy Monday, everybody. Good evening. It is, of course, Monday, January 17th, 2022, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. And I have to apologize for something right off the bat, just right as we get started here, which is that I I promised on Thursday that we would be doing a live stream this past weekend from Boxy Park here in Lake Nona, and I... (laughs) Like, I, I got to formally apologize to everybody out there. And I'm not going to lie, a little of this I kind of knew when I promised the live stream, but there was no fucking way that logistically a live stream from there was ever going to work out. It's loud as fuck. It's pretty crowded. And plus, I really just don't like being that guy as the Texas shooter auto video plays again. Thanks, ABC News. You're great. I'll get to you in a moment, but I knew logistically that it was just not going to work out, man. It's too crowded, and I really just hate uh, being that guy. You'll see it occasionally when you go to events. You'll see people try to like live stream stuff and people that have their phone out in front of them that's just videotaping everything and walking around, and the the outside world does not exist to them at all. It's just them and their phone, and that's the entire experience for them. And I, I don't know, man. I knew logistically that it wasn't going to work out when I promised it, and uh, surprise, that's exactly how it ended up turning out. But uh, to make up for it, I, I did post a couple of videos and pictures and stuff on the Simulation Radio socials, which you should be following at simulation radio on everything it is simulation radio on twitter facebook instagram for however much longer facebook will continue to exist look i hate you facebook but it's on there nonetheless and if you would like to watch the live show if you're listening to the podcast or the youtube recording right now then you can indeed listen live monday through wednesday at 7 p.m eastern that is where we're at right now it is ooh 703 on this lovely Monday evening. So we've got quite a lot, quite a lot to get to today because there were some huge, huge stories over the weekend, including this Texas uh, synagogue shooting where this crazy uh, UK nationalist goes into this Texas synagogue and takes four people hostage and it ends up being like a 12-hour standoff. Got that to cover. A couple more details have surfaced about that. Plus, we've got the Tonga tsunami, and there's some controversy there as well with uh, some of the responses that the officials 
the local government officials in New Zealand and Australia and in that general area are coming out with, including a very morally uh, depraved social media post from one official. And I'm very curious to know what your reaction to this is going to be. And we'll get to that in a little bit because this, uh, this social media post that this official official government uh, defense minister put out was getting a lot of heat over the weekend. And I'm curious as to whether or not you guys think this is appropriate. So Please be sure as we get to everything on the docket tonight to leave a comment with what you think, because I'm very curious to hear what you think about this, whether or not this is inappropriate, whether or not this some of this footage that we've seen looks just absolutely insane. And we'll, we'll get to that footage as well in just a little bit. Plus, another TikTok trend, another TikTok trend, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm getting to the point where. Uh, these TikTok trends are so stupid. They're so dumb that I almost want to continue to promote them and just let it be known that they exist. That way, the people that do not quite, uh, that didn't quite climb the Darwinian chain of evolution will see this and think that this is a good idea. And look, maybe we can start uh, getting rid of the world's TikTokers through natural selection and look maybe that's just my initial impression here that tiktok need to needs to be killed at this point that might just be my first instinct here but i'm also curious to what you hear or what you think about that plus we'll get to some lines in at disney for this ridiculously stupid looking product that i don't know why people waited in line for but they did anyway and there's this article that BuzzFeed put out. And, you know, you and I, chat, we will take this quiz together towards the end of the show because it's the dreaded, infamous, how privileged are you from BuzzFeed? And let's see who the authors look like here. Oh, it's a very Tommy Wesley, Tommy Weasel. He looks like a very squirrely looking uh, soy boy. So we'll... We'll check off some of these privilege boxes as we get towards the end of the show. You guys take this quiz with me, chat. And I want to know if what BuzzFeed thinks about you, about how privileged you are, is true. Because there are some doozies, doozies in this quiz. So I do want to start off. Let's start off tonight with the Texas uh, synagogue shooting, because that was some of the most insane footage that happened over the weekend. some insane footage came out of it, but it's also one of the most viral stories that occurred over the weekend. Now, what happened was this heroic rabbi, Charlie uh, Citron Walker, or Citron Walker, not sure yet. I haven't watched the interview, which we're, we're going to watch together. Uh, he credited security training because this was, of course, a Texas synagogue. And you have to think about the fact that, you know, if you're a religious institution in Texas, then you it's probably a good idea. Look, it's very, very morbid to think about the fact that you might need a bit of uh, security training if you're in the religious field in, you know, amongst any of the religions, because I mean, church shootings and church hostage hostage situations are not mutually exclusive to uh, 
whether it be Jewish synagogues, whether it be Christian churches, whether it be uh, Muslim mosques, it's not mutually exclusive to any particular religion. And so I don't think that it is a bad idea if you are a religious institution, not just in Texas, but in anywhere with, you know, with that in mind, because, look, we're becoming a more extreme and violent society. And this Texas rabbi credited the security training that he received at his suburban Fort Worth congregation over the years, which allowed him and three other hostages to make it through the near 12-hour ordeal, which was traumatic. So this guy that ended up uh, coming into the synagogue, he was 44-year-old British national Malik Faisal Akram, who was killed on Saturday night after this 12-hour standoff between him and officials where the last hostages ran out of the congregation around 9 p.m. The FBI said that there was no early indication that anybody else was involved, but it has not provided a possible uh, motive yet as this autoplay video from ABC plays again. Good work. Good work, ABC. You're really killing it over there with your fucking website. So, uh... He also said, the rabbi in this situation said in a statement, in the last hour of our hostage crisis, the gunman became increasingly belligerent and threatening. Without the instruction we received, we would not have been prepared to act and flee when the situation presented itself. So this guy was a hero. This guy, he like threw a fucking chair at the gunman and he was he was ready to go, man. And when push came to shove, when it came to the point where these hostages eventually escaped because that's what occurred here. The hostages ended up escaping. Uh, the guy, the the terrorist, if you want to call it that, which I think it would probably be, be fair to call him that, he let one of them go, but then the other three and the rabbi ended up escaping at around 9 to 9.30-ish p.m. on Saturday night. And while the investigation is still ongoing, uh, he... Wonder how the guy got his handgun. Well, he received or he purchased the handgun used in the hostage taking in a private sale, according to a person familiar with the matter who spoke on condition of anonymity because the investigation is ongoing. And look, we're not supposed to know that yet. We we don't know. So what happened was the rabbi let the gunman in on Saturday because he appeared to need shelter because, you know, you're a rabbi. You see a guy that needs help. Ah, yes. Come in, my child. I don't know if that accent is on point or not, but we'll run with it. Definitely not doing it again, though. He appeared to need shelter. He said that the man was not threatening or suspicious at first, but then in the middle of providing help to this gentleman, I say gentleman now, but, you know, he quickly proved himself to be a fucking savage. He heard a gun click as he was praying. First of all, we escaped, he said. We weren't released or freed, according to one of the hostages, and the men worked to keep the gunman engaged. They talked to him, and of course the gunman just lectured back at him. At one point, as the situation devolved, one of the hostages said that the gunman told them to get on their knees, and he recalled rearing up in his chair and slowly moving his head and mouthing no as the gunman moved to sit back down. So the hostages, they were not playing the fucking game here. This gunman thought that this hostage situation would occur like it does on TV, where, you know, you point the gun at people, everybody's scared, and no, no, no. But, you know, leave it to Texans, leave it to, to, leave it to Texans to get told to do something in the middle of a hostage situation and then just go, hell no. Nah. <laughs> That's 
that that's what they're getting at here. Uh, they did take notes of some of the exits that were around. The exit wasn't too far away, according to the rabbi. I told them to go. I threw a chair at the gunman, and I headed for the door, and all three of us were able to get out without even a shot being fired, you know, until they escaped the building. So they were able to escape from the building before shots were fired, and as the gunman goes to chase after them, that's when the FBI and all of the surrounding officials and police teams just swooped in, just took care of the guy, gave him a good fucking shot in the face, explosions were heard, it was a whole to-do. And I want to show you guys some video of the uncut version of this happening. Now, it's four minutes long, so we'll see if we can skip to some of the some of the juicy parts here and then i can close this fucking tab so that abc won't autoplay it again so let's let i want to show you guys some of this footage here because this is just absolutely this is some insane stuff here fellas because look at this so you can see all right hostages are coming out here there's three of them now the gunman's coming out that's now he's going back in. That's when police see. All right, hostages are gone. Let's fucking swoop in here and get this guy. Still look like they're taking their time because I, I feel like they want to confirm that all of the hostages are out before they just completely head in there. There's a gunshot. Another gunshot. Jesus. So there's a couple of gunshots and then a really big explosion. Of course, that's going to be enough to set off the car alarms. Maybe I'm morbid, but I love seeing raw footage like this. And if you couldn't tell, this comes from WFAA, the ABC affiliate over there. All right, let's see if we can skip to some of the get to some of the the juicy stuff. It looks like the important things happened already. The the gunshots and the explosion. This is insane. The hostages were able to escape themselves. This didn't require the FBI to plan a full on uh, hostage extraction situation and maybe put the hostages at risk here. No, the hostages and the rabbi who threw a fucking chair at the guy they they fended for themselves man so you know leave it to leave it to texans to take matters into their own hands here that's pretty good stuff they have a clear path into the building now somebody came out of that door and then they all started yelling it all started with the guy with the humvee and then they threw there was shots fired and they threw a flashbang Oh, uh, so that's probably what the explosion was. Flashback. Was that big explosion with they threw in there? Was that yeah, it was a big old flashbang. Big old flashbang. I doubt this video was taken by anybody that was working the scene. It seems like this was taken by a civilian because you can hear the commentary in the video outside of it that these guys are kind of speculating, whoever's recording the video, as to what's going on here. So 
uh, overall, this story was just absolutely insane. It comes from uh, heroicism, absolute heroics of not only the rabbi in this situation, Charlie Citron Walker, or Citron Walker, still not sure yet, and a lot of the hostages who did not take this standing uh, sitting down because assuming that they had just played this out the way that it might have been played out on TV, like you see hostage situations played out on TV, maybe this would have ended differently. Maybe this could have lasted a lot longer and the FBI would have actually had to come up with a real plan of attack here. But the hostages made this easy. They subdued the guy. They booked it out of the building. And then that's when officers and FBI officials see that and go, wait, what's a fucking go in there? And they did end up killing the man that was responsible for taking these these hostages, the UK nationalist. So overall, this was this story had such a huge potential. There were a lot of things that could potentially have gone wrong here because you see all of these stories and you see all of these kinds of situations pop up where, uh, you know, it's a church hostage situation or a religious facility hostage situation. And it ends up nobody except for the hostage taker ends, ends up being hurt here. And it has a somewhat of a happy ending, despite the fact that, you know, they spent upwards of 12 hours in this situation. But what was the hostage taker after? Apparently, he was after wanting to at least talk to or freeing this Pakistani woman who was imprisoned on nearby charges of trying to kill American service members in Afghanistan. She's this Pakistani neuroscientist, and that's what this uh, that's what this gunman wanted to engage with. He wanted to at least have her freed, or he at least wanted to talk to her. And when they asked her about it, she's like, "Oh, I have no fucking idea who this guy is." So. He was the gunman was heard ranting on a Facebook live stream of the services, which is really insane to think about because you've seen uh, personally, like when I drive down Colonial and I see the advertisements and billboards of this uh, of all the churches doing their live streams on like Twitch and Facebook. Now you watch those live streams and this again this is kind of morbid and this is pretty fucked up but it's always there in the back of my mind when i see the fact that these live streams are being streamed to a whole lot of people but more so than the amount of people that actually attend the service like man what if this just ends up as a live gunman situation and that happened in this that happened here in Texas at the synagogue where they were live streaming the service and all of a sudden, you know, a big old terrorist comes out to play and that's that. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it only seemed like, uh, or fortunately, only four people were taken hostage here and authorities have declined to say who ended up pulling the trigger on this guy saying that it was still under investigation. Now, uh, he did recently arrive in the U.S. on a tourist visa from the U.K., according to a U.S. official who also spoke on anonymity about anonymity about this in addition to the gun situation, because it is, of course, ongoing. And we as the people are not supposed to know that. 
It wasn't clear why he chose the synagogue. Now, that's one of the biggest motives that they're trying to find out here, which is, okay, why did he pick this specific location? And honestly, I really see a world where this was just a chaotic, okay, this is the first synagogue that I see, and I, as a... Uh, um, what's a good way to, to kind of dodgy say this, but... It seemed like it was religious conflict. He picked the first synagogue that he could possibly have found, and that was it. That was the target. Apparently, he referred to the uh, Pakistani neuroscientist as his sister on the live stream, but, I mean, she said she doesn't even, doesn't even know the guy. I love hearing stories, too, about the inner workings of how things happen because that's one of those things that tries to put context to what you might do in this situation where you start to hear all the little little minute details about how the guy acted in very specific situations because apparently uh he was just all over the map he was pretty irritated and the more irritated he he got he would make more threats like i'm the guy with the bomb if you make a mistake this is all on you and he'd laugh at that he was clearly in extreme distress according to one of the uh people that was watching the live stream the live stream was up for quite an insane amount of time before they ended up taking taking it down and overall I don't want to say that I loved following this story, but it's good to know that nothing bad really ended up happening in this situation, and the only person that died was the uh, was the terrorist. And that's all thanks to the heroic rabbi and the people that he took hostage just saying, no, fuck you, I'm not listening to anything that you're saying. And what was the hostage taker going to do? Like, if he kills him, then he loses all of his leverage. And he can't speak to this Pakistani neuroscientist that doesn't fucking know who he is. So, good. It just feels so dirty saying good stuff all around here. But I'm good stuff all around here. Like, nobody important died except for the, the, the shooter. And, I mean, cool. The rabbi did end up giving an interview to CBS... Really the morning show at a Texas synagogue over the, the fucking weekend. morning show on CBS. Who cares? Hostages, Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker said on Citron. Quote, I got it. Got it I'm wrong. Grateful that we made it out. I'm grateful to be alive. You feel the same. Rabbi. I would hope so. CBS News has learned that the rabbi spoke with President Biden yesterday. He joins. Ah, yes, of course, President Biden has to get involved here. He's got to throw his grubby little decrepit fingers in here. Naturally. And so I want to know how you're processing all of this. I saw interviews with some of your congregation over the weekend that said it was terrifying just watching it we got a badass over here look at this guy fellow hostages to be there the face of a hero well it was, it was terrifying it was overwhelming uh and we're still processing it's uh it's is that abc video fucking uh, auto playing again it's completely overwhelming yeah, you know, I, I saw interviews with law enforcement officials who were crediting you with being so calm and collected during this time. How were you able to stay calm when you're dealing with someone who doesn't appear to mind dying? That was a game changer. If he wasn't so calm, I the situation you you have to do. could have been so much uh, more as different. As a part of rabbinic training, as a part of training as, a, as clergy, we talk 
a lot about the idea of being a calm, non-anxious presence. We do that in hospital rooms. We do that uh, during the most difficult of individual moments. And I did the best I could uh, to to do that in uh, throughout the- By throwing a chair at him. Rabbi, as we understand it, the, uh, the hostage taker knocked on the glass door of the synagogue uh, and you thought he might need some shelter, so you let him in, uh, made a cup of tea for him. At what point after that did things turn and you realize... He mentioned that in the interview where as soon as he heard the, uh, the clicking of the gun, then that's when he knew that, okay, this is a fucked up situation that we are about to be in. And honestly, I cannot listen to the CBS morning news people anymore because uh, God, I've the way that journalism works nowadays is you can just feel, you can feel in the back of your heart and in the back of your mind that all of these news people are interviewing this guy thinking, Oh, how, how can I make this about me? How can I make this about news and journalism? And come on, fuck off, fuck off. So again, I really don't want to say good stuff all around here, but it seems like, uh, good stuff all around here man that that still feels so fucking dirty to say and now i am not kent brockman but this is i on social media We have just got one, only one story for I on social media, but it's a doozy because you know, you guys know if you've been listening for a while and if you haven't, then you will get an idea as to what the show is all about because I love and hate when ridiculously stupid TikToks go viral. Now, I love it because it really gives me a good uh insight into the way that tiktokers brains work which is that they're just inferior mental human beings i would almost go so far as to call them legitimate subhumans look come at me come at me on that hot take that tiktokers are subhumans come at me but i also don't like it because it really causes me to lose any sort of faith at all in the future of humanity when i see shit like this of chicken that is being basted in nyquil the sleepy chicken tiktok trend is going viral it's making a resurgence because this was not a new trend it was a trend that just kind of resurfaced recently and now that it has gone viral again for the second time people are trying to do it they're trying to base their chicken in nyquil and they're trying to eat it, which is not good, by the way. But I also do kind of think that it is a little bit good in a way because that natural selection is going to have to take its place. If we can start like weeding out all of these TikTokers from the world, then maybe we can at least start to uh, somewhat correct the course in our society because... Uh, 
I'm not going to lie, TikTok is probably one of the biggest uh, proponents of our degenerate degeneration as a society. And you know what? If we've got trends like the fucking NyQuil chicken challenge going around, then maybe some of these TikTokers can start, you know, just throw a Tide Pod in there while you're at it. While you're cooking that chicken, just slam a fucking Tide Pod in there and eat it. And maybe we'll have less TikTokers in the world that can completely... Uh, further cause our society to decline and uh, maybe we can get back to a, get back to a little bit of normalcy not that normalcy is anything that is achievable by any stretch of the imagination but sometimes a recipe because occasionally what happens on tiktok is people will post recipes and then you'll get the very the sarcastic tiktok challenge-esque recipe and this one is nyquil chicken or what some people are calling sleepy chicken and while it did first emerge on social media several years ago it's making a resurgence again it involves braising chicken in nighttime cold medicine which does indeed turn the chicken blue which i think that that's probably one of the reasons that the tiktokers are so enthralled by this as they see oh cool pretty chicken colors hee hee this could go viral and then they make it and they eat it and then hopefully they just fall asleep and never wake up again and i'm canceled in three two one axe god these people these videos of these people making it garner hundreds of thousands of views and the thing okay i'm building a little bit of faith here Apparently, most of them, or at least a decent chunk of them, are satirical. But here's the thing about it. At the very least, a lot of people are smart enough to realize that this is not real. And the only problem with that is that the reason that this goes viral in the first place is because the idiots that think it's serious will go and do it and make it, and it'll go viral because somebody took it seriously. And only then, after people have people taken it seriously, will people start to realize that, oh, okay, this is actually kind of a joke, and maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Surprise! It's terrible. A physician uh, out of the MIC, um, a Richmond-based physician, said that taking medicine with food typically isn't dangerous since many people do it with their daily dosage of medicine. And by the way, we are going to watch one of these in a moment, so bear with me, chat. You guys are going to have to cringe alongside me. Look, if I've got to watch this, then you've got to watch this too, so I'm sorry, everybody, but that, that's just how it goes. When you cook cough med medicine like NyQuil, however, you boil off the water and alcohol in it, leaving the chicken saturated with the super concentrated amount of drugs in the meat. And if you ate one of these cutlets completely cooked, it would be as if you're actually consuming a quarter to half a bottle of NyQuil. So the the evaporation and the cooking off, kind of like how you can cook stuff in alcohol and it'll it'll cook off all the alcohol it's a similar type of deal with this where it'll cook off uh most of the stuff putting it in a very concentrated state when you're eating it and it's the equivalent of consuming a quarter to a half a bottle 
heating up the drug can also change its chemical composition and that inhaled these medicines also enter your bloodstream really quickly and are not going past your liver for detoxification and these effects can be quite bad depending on how much you inhale so that might be responsible for some of these tiktokers just uh losing their minds and maybe collapsing and falling over because they're inhaling or eating too much nyquil which again cancel me in three two one but i think weeding out some of these tiktokers is not the worst idea that's maybe that's the just the hot take of the night sound effect but I don't think it's entirely a bad thing. Let the NyQuil chicken, let the sleepy chicken move forward because the more people that try this and the more people that consume this, the less TikTokers there will be in the world. And while we would think that the Tide Pod Challenge weeded out enough of these people, clearly not. Clearly some people have developed a Tide Pod resistance and hopefully it's the NyQuil that will just finally do them in. That's at least what I'm hoping for. And now chat, you guys are going to have to you guys are going to have to watch this video with me. If look, if I've got to watch a TikTok then you do too. Oh no, it's gone. All right, let's 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 investigate this. All right, Nyquil chicken. Cooking up some Nyquil chicken. I've done this in the past, and usually Gross. I use about you know four thirds of the bottle. Bottle, and uh, if it's your first time doing this, you can get away with using about a fifth. Season that Nyquil in there just at the right temperature. This one sounds like it's got to be one of the satire ones, right? Because apparently, uh, one commenter notes, "Are you really using a hair straightener as tongs?" There's no fucking way. All right, you know, let's let's check this guy's TikTok right here because, uh, uh, all right, he looks pretty cringy. He looks like a cringe TikToker. Does some pretty viral and kind of cringy stuff. So it's, all right, it could be a debate. Could be a debate as to whether or not this one is satire or not. But at the same time, you never really know, man. You never really know. I mean, look at this guy. This guy looks like a fucking NyQuil chickener. You're going to want to let it sit there and sizzle for about, you know, five to 30 minutes. That's sure not constantly five to 30 minutes. You don't want to give one side more attention than the other. He oh, is using a hair straightener. It really makes you sleepy. Whew. Oh, fuck. What you're looking oh, for is that blue color right there. All right, then you can go ahead and turn it off. Ooh, yeah. Hey millennials, this Zoomer generation, th this is this is what you made right here. We are we are all responsible for this. This is the generation that came after us, and I'm, I'd be lying if I said that we didn't at least hold some sort of responsibility for the way that these fucking Zoomers ended up. To be fair, they also might have ended up this way by having screens their entire lives and not knowing what it's like pre-internet days before they could connect to literally everybody in the world all of the time. Little bit of everything all of the time. Somehow that doesn't seem good to me. Yeah, that's steam, baby. Drain the unused right back. That looks fucking night. gross, and by the way. Okay, it would be one thing if it looked kind of delicious, but it doesn't even look good. It, it it looks like an organ that you haven't taken out of the chicken yet. It looks like there's still blood pumping through it. Gross. Nyquil chicken. Bone apple teeth. Bone apple oh, teeth. All right, that had to be sarcastic. That had to be. That had to be. Otherwise, I'm just completely losing faith in every institution that we have as a society, and maybe that's just how it has to go, so...
I'm sorry you guys had to see that. And that was I on social media. Wow. Infotainment. When we come back, I want to get to some of this insane uh, Tonga tsunami footage, including the moral dilemma that I posed to all of you guys at the beginning of the show, which is whether or not this social media post that the defense minister of New Zealand put out is appropriate. And I'm curious, I really want to hear your comments about this, because some people could call this classless. Some people could just think that "Ah, this is kind of what happens nowadays. And we'll get to that. Plus, uh, I really, really hope that we have the time to cover the story of the Dukes of Hazard in real life. Somebody tried it, and it went about as well as you would think. It involves a bridge. It involves a car. And we'll see the footage when we come back. Simulation Radio. I've got a piece of advice for all of you sports fans out there, which is that if you ever get to a point where your identity is completely defined by your fandom of whichever sports team that you've chosen to like, uh, you should probably get mental help. I, all right, maybe maybe not that far. Maybe not that far. I know I've had a lot of spicy takes, including that we may or may not need to put TikTokers down for the count, like just to death. But uh, I don't think this take is is quite as spicy as that one. All I'm saying is that if your entire identity is defined as a f- by your fandom of a sports team, then you should probably just uh, lay lay low a little bit. Maybe it's okay. By the way, it is okay to casually enjoy sports. Now, unfortunately, Lay's is coming out with a limited edition, limited offering product that uh, is not going to speak to anybody that would be taking my advice. The only people that will be purchasing this product are those people whose entire identity is wrapped up in their sports teams. And we, of course, go to as the playoffs are going on, we have got to do it a little bit. We have got to talk about some football, baby. Lay's new football potato chips are made from dirt that are taken from NFL stadiums. Now, what they're doing is they're taking dirt from each of these team stadiums and they're growing potatoes in them. They're calling it the limited edition golden grounds potato chips, which are made from potatoes that were grown in soil from NFL stadiums and fields across the country. They took some soil from each NFC stadium and mixed the soil into separate parts of 
a potato field and took the potatoes grown in the field to make potato chips infused with the grounds and the glory of each NFL team. It looks like, unfortunately, they're only available for NFC teams for us. So sorry, AFC, you guys are out of luck. They did not grow homegrown potato chips in the fucking dirt that comes from your AFC stadiums. But if you're an NFC fan, then you're going to be quite happy about this one. And the way to win this, you can only win a bag. You cannot purchase them. You can only win them via a sweepstakes running through January 25th on the Lay's website. So if you go over to lays.com slash golden grounds and you're a fan of an NFC team, then you can you can win some of these golden grounds potato chips grown in the glory of the NFC dirt which I am sure that people whose entire identity is tied to football will love, will love this option. Uh, I'm looking at some of the teams here. It looks like uh, oh, all you New England Patriots fans out there, you, you, can, uh, you can get some of these. Let's, ooh, let's see, what do we got? Unfortunately, I don't know uh, the difference between what teams are in the AFC and what teams are in the NFC. Uh, let's see. Any other good ones? Oh, no, the Washington football team. They're not going to be the Washington football team for much longer here. You know, I'll put this up on the screen so that you guys can check this out. Look at this golden grounds. They're grown out of the dirt from NFL home soil grounds. Now, unfortunately, I mentioned earlier that this will only be available for uh, NFC fans. And there are multiple different entry periods, which is that uh, if you sign up by January 11th at 8 a.m., then you're eligible for the first drawing. Same one in day-long increments. And, oh, let's check out this, this launch video to learn how we made the greatest chips in football history. Potato fields. Football okay. Fields. At Lay's, we finally brought them together mm. for the fans. I don't know, man. Football fans who stay golden through all their teams' ups and downs. It seems a little extreme to me. Chips that bring a taste of football glory directly to them. What are you going to do with these chips, by the way? If you so happen to win uh, one of these 5,800 bags that are only going to be available for a limited time and not for purchase and only to give away in this, this sweepstakes. Let's just say that you're a super fan of your favorite NFC team. Again, only available in NFC. Sorry, AFC. Let's just say that you win one of these bags of potato chips that are grown from potatoes made with the dirt of your home soil. Then what are you going to do with it? Are you going to eat it? Are you going to keep it as a souvenir forever and maybe open the bag up in 30 years and say, oh, I lived a great life as a sports fan, and now I think it is time to crack open my New England Patriots bag of Lay's Golden Grounds potato chips. I'm very, very intrigued by these options here. By the way, let me know what you think if uh, you are a fan of one of these teams and win one of these bags of potato chips i want to know what you would do with it especially if you're a super fan of one of the teams that these chips are available for would you eat it do you want to see how delicious your home stadium tastes or do you want to just keep it as a souvenir because i'm not gonna lie let look at these bags they are pretty they're pretty spiffy looking bags oh we got buffalo bills bags too okay okay does anybody really want a New York Jets bag? Come on. Is anybody really a fan of the Jets? 
I'm just digging into them. I don't really care. We call it Golden Grounds. Of course. A limited edition. How on earth did they grown in glory? chips that were grown in the glory of sacred soil pulled from NFL football. Fans. Yeah, football, baby. We worked with NFL teams to I just spit on the screen. Home grounds, and we shipped it to one of our potato farms in Texas. <laughs> Under the watchful eye of our farmers, we mixed that sacred soil into the fields, and we grew potatoes with it. America, baby. That's what it's all about. This is just funny to me, man. And if you're that diehard of a fan that you really need one of these bags of Lay's potato chips, then you know, I'll I'm not going to be too mean. Just good for you. All I'm saying is if your entire identity is tied to being a fan of a football team, then uh you should probably just stop what you're doing and go live a real existence. Where to buy. All right, let's check out this where to buy here because they initially made the impression that, oh, these are just for other Lay's products. No, I don't want to buy other Lay's products. Lay turns out, oh, by the way, Lay's potato chips are actually fucking terrible. Oh, I know my mom loves them. They're my mom's favorite chips, but all right, mom, I'm not going to lie. Lay's are fucking awful. They're terrible. They're so thin that you're like, you're eating a thin slice of paper. You're literally eating grease. You're eating a hardened piece of grease I, that's where we're gonna have to disagree on this so if you would like to sign up uh then make sure that you're heading to what's what's the website they only have 5800 bags lays.com slash golden grounds if you want to sign up to receive one of these bags of chips that are grown from potatoes grown out of home soil in for some reason only the nfc stadiums Again, sorry, AFC, but you're shit out of luck on this one. But just uh, if one of these bags appeals to you, then maybe it might be time to just check your sports fandom a little bit. That, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think I'm going to have to make a separate video about the Tonga tsunami coverage because I really, I really want to get to this story because I almost think that it is impossible to believe it's almost too good to be true but there is a man in michigan who survived a high-speed crash after he went airborne and flipped his car now he wanted to reenact the dukes of hazard and if we're gonna check out this uh this video in a moment but i'm not gonna lie this this does not seem like a very dukes of hazard setting where you got your car you're driving it over a bridge and i think oh i think i'm gonna make that landing doesn't seem like the play man it's in michigan it's icy it's not the thing to do and he was driving under the influence of alcohol of course what else could convince you to fucking dukes of hazard it right over a bridge fortunately uh, good Samaritans were there to help. Everybody decided to just come out and help, said one of those good Samaritans and witness Dante Johnson. That could have been the last day he saw his child. To be able to walk away from that and see, yo, kid, it's a blessing. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's check out this crash scene where he uh, jumps over the overpass along this Michigan highway. And this is footage from it. what it looks like the camera itself, but I guess the camera is capturing an 
angle here. So let's check this out. Tell me what you think about this footage. We're going along. Wow. That doesn't look good. So this is footage of after the car uh, already crashed. And this is footage. I'm going to play this for you. This is from a local news report. They have the actual footage of when the driver tried to land it right over. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Ma and Pa were not quite as proud of this one. Or maybe they were. I don't know. The influence of alcohol. It's a shame they were under the Good influence Samaritans. of alcohol. No, come on, ABC video Michigan player. What are you doing? Man survive a high-speed crash after he goes airborne and flips his car. Security video as well shows the man going off the road there. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. It's like up an embankment, literally flying above the overpass there. Other drivers came to the man's aid in the snowy ditch. Hey, Ma, I think I'm going to get over that bridge. Until an ambulance no, arrived. No, you're not. Everybody decided to just come out and help. Like it didn't, no one ever thought about, you know, with everything going on, no one even thought about that. That could have been the last day that he's seen his child being able to walk. That's very nice of you. But once again, it seems like the theme for tonight's show is having to let natural selection make its course. And, you know, maybe it might just be time for natural selection to take its course on people that think that this is a good fucking idea. But then again, I mean, he's drunk. He's driving along a bridge, and I'm not going to lie, it does kind of seem like a good idea. Like, especially, uh, all right, when I was younger, and I used to drive over the St. John's Bridge here in Florida, occasionally, uh, some of the areas that you would drive over would have to do the whole drawbridge thing, where they would flip the bridge up so that boats could get under it. I don't even know if they still do that or if they still raise one of those bridges, but it always, always was in the back of my head that, ooh, I wonder what would happen if we just fucking booked it and slammed on the gas and tried to make that jump. I didn't even know that it was a Dukes of Hazard reference at the time. I just thought it would have been cool. But the problem with that is that I was an eight-year-old child when I thought about that, and this is a grown-ass man drunk out of his fucking mind thinking that this is going to be a good idea to Dukes of Hazard this. Let, let's check out this footage again because I know that it's not quite as good of an angle and it's very fortunate that, you know, all right, got to be a, a little bit sensitive here. Yeah, it's fortunate the guy had a whole bunch of people come to help him. But again, maybe it's time for people to get what's coming to him. And um, uh at the same time, though, you know, maybe this is the first mistake that he's ever made in his life and probably doesn't deserve to die for this. But I don't know. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know what you think about what should have happened here. Until an ambulance I'm down for arrived. natural selection, though. Everybody decided to just come out and help like it didn't. No one went on. No one even thought about that kid. It's a miracle. Wow. From that and see your that that could have been the last day that he's seen. Could have been his child being able to walk away from that and see your kid it's a miracle and it's a blessing oh my gosh well police say the driver wow. is going to be okay but was cited for driving under the influence of alcohol i i would hope so i would hope so because that is probably not good i would highly recommend not doing that all right, you know, I think that we're going to have, we will have some time to get to some of this uh, footage because uh, there was over in the New Zealand area, an underwater volcano erupted on Saturday about 40 miles north of the capital, Nuku'alofa. 
and this is a, in an area in the the Pacific. And a lot of this footage went viral over the weekend for how insane this is because we've seen uh warnings of you know when there's like a big earthquake out at sea or when a volcano massively erupts at sea, then you hear warnings of the potential for tsunamis to just completely engulf a lot of the coastal areas that the incident surrounds. And that's happening here. And this is in the New, the New Zealand and Australia area. They sent surveillance flights to find out more. And there's significant damage along the western coast of Tonga's main island, which is Tongatpu. And they're losing, starting to lose communication with this area because this is not, uh, doesn't seem like a very high income area to put it in American terms as best as I can. But Red Cross is out there helping. Officials in New Zealand and Australia are out there helping. And while there were no official reported deaths, they don't really have communication with the area over there. So it's impossible to say. And there are even reports of one such incident which is the brother of a British woman who said that she died after being swept away in the waves. She was a 50-year-old woman. She was washed away while trying to save her dogs. And other people are drowning in beaches off of northern Peru. And while New Zealand and Australia are sending surveillance flights to f out there to even survey the damage, it is impossible to communicate with much of the island because it has been so devastated by these tsunami attacks. The Tonga Island is virtually unreachable after a critical undersea cable connecting the Pacific Islands to the outside world was severed, and it may take up to two weeks to restore phone and internet lines. So you know how the lines for the internet and all sorts of communication are all under the sea? Turns out that when this volcano erupted under the sea, then it fucked with a lot of those lines. And that leaves the ability to communicate with this place un unimaginable. You can't even do it. And this place is desperate. And there is some insane footage of some of these uh, some of these devastating, devastating videos of the tsunami just engulfing everything. And let, let's check out a couple of these videos before we get to the controversy. Music blaring. This could be a TikTok. My God. All right, there's some footage. This family was in church. They just finished having choir practice and then the tsunami hit. My God. There's no sound to this one. That is just, excuse me, that is just completely devastating. Look, some of these areas are not even going to exist anymore. There's still people in here. Oh, um, and this was, this was a, a quick couple frame gif of the, the underwater volcano erupting. And that sends shockwaves out to the nearby areas, which causes uh, causes a lot of bad things to happen. Man, I wish for the best for these people. E, sheesh.
Alright, I don't know. That one doesn't look so bad. That one just looks like a big old wave. 13.4 million views for a big old wave. Okay, it looks like it got worse after that, though. Wow. Oh, there's another big old wave coming. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's some insane devastation and destruction that is happening here. And it makes it even worse when they just can't communicate with anybody over there because the lines are severed. And while Australia and New Zealand are sending out rescue teams, there's a controversy here because Defense Minister of New Zealand, Pini Hinari, took a gym selfie where he quoted in the gym selfie saying, our thoughts are with the people in Tonga. We have the team working hard to respond. More on that soon. But in the meantime, here's my gym selfie. So, you know, let me show you guys this. Let me know if you guys think that this is a little bit morally depraved or if you think that, you know, this is fine. I mean, I'm in the middle of what I'm doing. I'm already here at the gym. I just, I got to make a statement. And what better way to make a statement than to take a gym selfie and make sure that my condolences are felt by the people. So he is getting some heat, plenty of heat on social media for saying that this is classless, that this was just completely narcissistic and what a way to make it about himself. But at the same time, uh, there are also arguments to be made that, you know, he's he's got to do something. And if he's already in the gym, then what else is he going to do besides, you know, maybe wait until you're done with going to the gym and making a statement. But what a surprise that politicians end up trying to make everything about themselves and he's being called narcissistic, tone deaf, and exercising appalling judgment with his selfie. So let me know what you guys think about this. Do you guys think that that's insensitive or do you think that that's just kind of whatever and people are being a little bit too too sensitive about that kind of shit? So let me know what you think with a comment. If you're watching the YouTube video, then please be sure to follow, like, subscribe, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think and leave a comment on at Simulation Radio on Instagram as well to let me know your perspective on this because I'm curious as to what the general consensus is on this picture. He did end up having to come out and apologize today, saying, I apologize if my picture offended anybody. He said, standing next to the prime minister at a press conference, what was advertised on that picture, too, was that I encouraged people to tune into the 3 p.m., which was where the prime minister, myself and minister CEO gave more details and more updates on the situation in Tonga. So uh, he was not only posting a gym selfie, but also posting a gym selfie to encourage people to watch the news where a press conference featuring him was going to be occurring. So, again... I would really like to know what you think. Leave a comment below and let's do reach for this guy. Oh no, not my shit. Somebody do something. Reach for the sky. Oh no, share Woody. Unfortunately, we do not have randomquestionmaker.com anymore so instead we go to random word generator which has a selection of questions to pick from and the one that we're going to pick tonight all right let's let's generate a random question here 
What do you like best about yourself? Wow, that that's deep, man. All right, these ever since I stopped using randomquestionmaker.com, these questions have gotten so much harder. Like I actually have to sit here and think about it and also have to find a way to come up with an off-the-cuff answer. And I used to make this bit about how uh, you know I could just sit here and talk all day long, and if I ever had a gun pointed to my head and and the gunman said, "Look, if you ever stop talking, I'll pull the trigger," I I would survive in that situation. And I learned through uh, years of experience that ter- that's not actually a way to go through life. Now, the question of what I like best about myself that fuck I don't know, man. There's there's not really a lot to not really a lot to go with there. You know, I guess the fact that I can, uh, I can kind of put my ego aside a little bit and look at things from like a real, I don't want to say a real, the real perspective, but there are a lot of times where people will get like so wrapped up in emotional investment towards the thing where they'll not be productive about something because they have a certain cognitive dissonance towards it because they feel emotionally a type of way about something and i i think that i have a decent ability to kind of separate how i feel about something versus what the most productive thing to do in that situation is because then again there are some times that you just you kind of got to drop how you feel in favor of what the right thing is or what the most effective thing is going to be and you know that's that's just life that's called being a fucking adult and I, 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 I think I'm kind of okay at that. But then again, if I have to say that I think I'm kind of okay at that, then I don't know, maybe that means I'm not. But I've been in a lot of situations where I've been able to like detach myself from how I feel about a situation that a lot of other people were not able to and have been able to come up with a somewhat decent solution at the very least for it. So Got to keep it quick on that one. And honestly, besides that, I can't really think about too much else positive about myself anyway. So we'll 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 keep it at that. We'll keep it at that for now. And we'll wrap things up with that. So thank you all for watching. As always, I love you all. Do leave a comment about anything that we talked about this evening. I would love to hear from you. And if you are not listening live, if you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube recording, then you're always free. And I even wholeheartedly encourage it, mind you, to listen to the show live. It is at youtube.com slash simulation radio or it's on twitch too it's twitch.tv slash simulation radio we do simulation radio live monday tuesday and wednesday at 7 p.m eastern you can follow along in the chat we'll hang out together and you can also uh call and leave us a text message or a voicemail as well at 407-796-2334 and i look forward to hearing from all of you had some fun stuff. Well, not, not all of it was fun, but mostly fun stuff today. I will see you again tomorrow and Wednesday and then Thursday evening for the very interesting show at 9 p.m. And, you know, it kind of feels good to have not skipped the show again on a Monday, but it's grind time, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you all. See you tomorrow. Bye.